Module 4, The Habit of Judging Ourselves and Others. Welcome back. How's it going? Are you beginning to see that it is possible to work with your mind instead of getting lost, having that thought train take you for a ride? Have you experienced a taste of being able to be with your thoughts and feelings? Have you seen how it's indeed possible that you don't always have to struggle with your mind? Yes, you can turn that struggle into a dance. And once you know how your mind works, you may find that you even have more energy because you're putting that struggle down. You can put your mind to work for you instead of fighting against it. If at this point you feel like your mind is already full with facts and concepts, don't worry. You can go back and review these modules as many times as you need to. I think of these lessons as concepts in the service of wisdom. Concepts are like brain candy. They're sweet, but pretty much empty calories for your brain. The more you fill up on these concepts, the less room or attention you have for developing your own wisdom. Wisdom is the real nourishment. That's where experience comes in. You can read a meal or a cake recipe that looks delicious, but you have to make it and taste it for yourself to know how good it actually is. By putting these concepts into practice in your real life, you develop your own wisdom. And that's the only way to become wise. Not from books, not from podcasts, not from listening to a million mini-courses on mindfulness. And believe me, I know what it's like to feel like we never have enough time to do all the things we should be doing to truly fulfill our mission as healthcare providers. Wisdom's not necessarily recognized or rewarded. To my clinic, I'm a unit. To be clear, I don't run a unit at the hospital or in my clinic. I am the unit. I'm measured by my RVUs, my relative value units. My relative value equals how many units I can bill for in a given day. Can you relate? If you're treated like an RVU robot or measured and evaluated in some other way, the end result is all the same. It feels like there's never enough time to meet the goals that are set for us by others, let alone our own goals. With that in mind, I created this course to fit into your already overbooked schedule. Notice how all these practices are designed to be used on the go. That three-step, three-breath practice, or taking just a moment to note a thought and return to the present moment. So if this challenge slash opportunity to prevent yourself from burning out is feeling like yet another thing that you should but don't have time to be doing, don't worry. I'll help you get the hang of it so that you can put these concepts into practice in your own life. And when you can use them regularly, you may be more likely to feel better yourself and be more efficient at work. Perhaps you will even improve your patient evaluation performance scores. And by doing these short practices over and over, you'll develop your own wisdom. It will become easier to maintain connection with yourself and your patients and develop the habit of compassionate action itself. Here's my habit mantra, short moments, many times. Any new habit is formed by repeating the behavior short moments, many times throughout the day. Each time you take a deep breath and pause instead of habitually reacting, you're building that habit. Each time you take a moment to note an intrusive thought, you're building that habit. Each time you ground yourself in the present moment, you're building that habit. Short moments, many times. Let's build on what you've already learned and bring in another mental habit that gets in the way of being grounded and open, self-judgment. To be clear, we have to use our judgment all the time when we're making decisions. That's not the type of judgment I'm talking about. As you've probably seen from your own experience, when we're caught up in some empathy habit loop or our mind is full of intrusive thoughts, it's really hard to have good judgment. 
Perhaps you're already getting a sense of how groundedness can help you step out of these old habit loop modes and into compassionate action. That's when we can be most in flow in the workplace and most efficient. That's when we can make the best decisions. Isn't it ironic that we have the best judgment when we're not being judgmental or feeling judged? In other words, we can discern the best course of action when we don't feel like someone critical is standing over our shoulder editorializing or giving a running critique every time we're about to make a decision. Our minds function best when we feel free and open. Let's dive into this a little bit more. What does it feel like when someone judges you or tells you that you made a quote bad decision? I don't know about you, but my defenses go up. Like a castle that's being attacked and pulls up its drawbridge so the invaders can't get in, I armor up and close down to protect myself. I'm that turtle sensing threat, immediately withdrawing into my protective shell. Now we don't have to wait for other people to attack or judge us because we're actually pretty good at judging ourselves. Think of the last time you didn't get the right diagnosis in the first visit. Maybe you made a mistake or you didn't handle something well, or you were short with a patient. Do you hear a voice in your head that has that all-too-familiar tone of voice saying, you can't do this, you're not good enough, what's wrong with you, you don't know what you're doing, or something else? Just like other intrusive thoughts, self-judgment gets in the way of, well, just about everything. Self-judgment makes it harder to think. Self-judgment makes us second-guess our decisions. Self-judgment makes us close down. Self-judgment slows us down and depletes us of energy, adding to our exhaustion and burnout. So why do we judge ourselves? From a neuroscience perspective, self-judgment, and being judgmental in general, follows the same rules as any other learned behavior. Q, we do something or make a decision that doesn't go as well as we hoped. Behavior, we judge ourselves. Result, let's hit the pause button here and unpack exactly what the result is. From a brain perspective, a behavior only gets reinforced if there's something rewarding about it. Self-judgment falls into the negative reinforcement category because the cue or the trigger is something unpleasant. What's rewarding about judging ourselves? Well, self-judgment is typically triggered by something we've done in the past. We can't change the past, but we can learn from it for the future. Our minds are really good at adding a value judgment, this is good, that's bad, to our actions. And here's the kicker. We think that this will help us learn to be better in the future or motivate us to do things differently the next time. So to our brain, self-judgment is rewarding. I'm judging myself not because it feels good, but because that punishing feeling is going to help me learn for the next time. What's rewarding is the feeling that we're doing something about the problem by judging ourselves. Voila, we get in the habit of judging ourselves. So here's the ironic part. We only learn when we're open to learning. Think of Carol Dweck, the pioneering Stanford researcher that studied growth versus fixed mindset. Growth mindset is all about being open to new possibilities. That's when we learn and grow. When we're feeling attacked or judging ourselves, we armor up and close down. We disconnect. We can't learn in those situations. Our brains have been duped into thinking that judging ourselves is doing something helpful and thus is a good thing. To be fair, there is some perverse make-me-feel-better quality when we're in the position to look at other people's actions and say to ourselves or to them, well, I wouldn't have done it that way. From the safety of not being in their shoes, we can have a different perspective, a wider view, and it's much easier to discern the best course of action when we can stand back and watch the replay of someone else's decisions 
and pick it apart moment by moment. It's much easier than being in their shoes, having to make the call in real time. Now, to be clear, having someone give us feedback is one of the best ways to learn. Yet how the feedback is delivered makes all the difference. So imagine a coach, a mentor, or a colleague who's bringing in a curious tone, they're asking questions, and they're trying to understand your perspective before they give you feedback and suggestions. How does that compare to when they make a snap judgment or deliver feedback with a tone or look that says, I can't believe you just did that? Those are worlds apart in how they are received by our minds. The open, curious tone invites us to be open to constructive feedback. The judgmental tone closes us down, makes us want to defend ourselves or run away to protect ourselves. So there are two things to learn from this. One, self-judgment gets in the way of being grounded in the present moment and being connected with ourselves or our patients. Two, self-judgment is learned like any other habit, which means it can be unlearned. Remember, when given a choice, our brains will pick the behavior that is more rewarding. You know what it feels like to be judged, whether by someone else or by yourself. You also know what it's like when someone is kind to you. You might even know what it's like when you're genuinely kind to yourself. Which one feels better? Yes, another no-brainer. Kindness wins. Every time. Or putting it kindly, kindness tastes sweeter. It feels, well, kinder than being mean. You savvy diagnosticians out there might already be making some new connections in your brain. You might be realizing that self-judgment shares some signs and symptoms with some of those empathy habit loops we talked about before. Yes, that's correct. Getting caught up in self-judgment feels a lot like getting caught up in your patient's story. It feels restless, feels closed down, feeling a need to protect yourself, and so on. And yes, kindness shares characteristics with compassion. It feels open, connected, grounded, just to name a few. Recognizing these patterns is key. If you need a little neuroscience brain candy to help your judgmental brain swallow that kindness pill, here you go. My lab has measured the brain activity of people practicing kindness. There's a network of brain regions that gets all fired up when we judge ourselves or worry. It's called the default mode network. And my lab found that that network gets really quiet when we're doing a kindness practice. Yes, note the irony of the network's name, the default mode network. It was named this because it's what our brains default to when we aren't focused on a particular task. We default to judging ourselves about past actions, worrying about the future, and so on. Yet my lab also found that with practice, we can learn not to get caught up in all this mental activity. Better yet, Our brains will train themselves as long as we give them carrots instead of hitting them with sticks. Judging ourselves is like that stick. Being kind to ourselves is like the carrot, a sweet and healthy treat that gets us coming back for more. Judgment closes us down so that we can't learn. Kindness opens us up so that we're in our growth mindset. If kindness still seems like a bit of a bitter pill to swallow, perhaps you don't even like carrots, and you're finding this module difficult to swallow, you are not alone. Early on in our healthcare training, we learn to armor up so that we can be ready to battle the diseases of the day. In the name of helping our patients, we fall into habit loops such as being hard on ourselves, sucking it up, martyrdom, and other ways that we push down our emotions and put our needs to the side. That short-term reward of getting a little extra work done instead of exercising, eating our vegetables, getting enough sleep, connecting with our families and friends, or doing something fun. Here, 
Self-care takes a back seat until we're exhausted, burnt out, or our physical or emotional health takes such a turn for the worse that we are forced to take some time to care for ourselves. A lot of my patients have to hit rock bottom with their addictions before they seek my help. Now, it may be worth checking in with any of your habits, such as overworking yourself, martyrdom, self-judgment, or any other related habit to see if they meet the simple definition of addiction that I learned in residency, continued use despite adverse consequences. Are you nearing rock bottom? Consider the tools that you're learning in this course as a way to find moderation, a way to work with your brain so that it doesn't work you into a pulp. Awareness is like the anti-alcohol medications that we take that make us feel nauseated. When you look closely at moments when you beat yourself up, you might feel a bit nauseated and get some good old-fashioned negative reinforcement as a result. Kindness is your at-home detox. It helps soothe you and heal those mental wounds that you've inflicted on yourself so that you don't seize up and go back to the bottle of judgment just because it's comfortable or it gave you some brief relief in the past. When you really get a good taste of kindness, you might even want more and more. Trust me, unlike benzodiazepines, this habit-forming behavior is more than safe. It will help keep you safe from inadvertently harming yourself through self-judgment. You can even practice self-kindness while operating heavy machinery. So ready for some practice today? See if you can notice some self-judgment habit loops. Cue behavior result. When you're judging yourself, feel into the result. What does it feel like to judge yourself? Can you feel that closed down, armoring up feeling? In those moments, if you can, right after you notice that you're judging yourself, take a moment to remember what it was like the last time someone was kind to you or you were kind to yourself. Feel into that. How does that feel? Does it feel a little more open? Is kindness sweeter than self-judgment without that bad aftertaste? Taking a moment to reflect on the difference between the two will help your brain see more clearly which one is more rewarding and start to shift on its own. Here's an example that a physician gave us when testing out this program. Q, being criticized by a friend after offering help but was met by a negative attitude due to a misunderstanding. Behavior, I went into the habit loop of self-judgment. My mind started racing, thinking of all sorts of negative consequences of my action. Result, Through the technique of awareness and by being kind to myself, I paused before giving a defensive response. Instead, I apologized. This made the friend respond in a calm manner because I had not escalated the tension, and the situation went back to normal. So if you want a bonus exercise, when you notice self-judgment and are mapping out these loops, see what happens when you take a moment to be kind to yourself, maybe reminding yourself that you're doing the best you can and that's okay. Some of the clinicians using the program highlighted how something as simple as a reminder phrase of, it's okay, you're good, you've got this, helps them step out of self-judgmental habit loops and into kindness. So if you need a note from your doctor to make kindness a priority, here you go. When symptoms of judging others arise, take a moment to be kind. When symptoms of self-judgment arise, take two. Two moments to be kind to yourself. Repeat as needed. Number of refills, infinite. Onward, we'll see you in the next module.